0: It's May the 29th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back. We're on a year-long journey. We hopped on the Bible bus, January the 1st. God willing, by God's grace, we're going to make it all the way to the end of the book of Revelation by December the 31st. So glad to have you with us. Well, I've been looking at some of the comments that you have made and wanted to read a couple of them because they were hugely encouraging to me. Someone said, I heard you talk about this on AFR. That's American Family Radio. On Tuesdays and Thursdays when I'm home, I'm co-host with Tim Wildman of Today's Issues. That's AFR. I heard you talk about this on AFR. Finally found your channel. Thank you. And then this person says, We all need his word and more of it. Then someone else said, You know, Marlene read the book of Ruth, and I thought she did a beautiful job. By the way, if I haven't said this yet, she's going to be back in July to read the book of Esther for us. But someone said, I think you and Marlene should have a Bible name reading contest. We can all vote on who said it better. She did a great job. I don't want to get in any kind of contest with her because she did a terrific job reading. Now, somebody else said, "Uh, thank you, Ray, For, for all time. We can now go back into God's Word. Somebody else said, I look forward to these every morning. Then again, somebody said, I am so thankful that He loves us so. And then when we were in the book of Psalms, you know, we're taking the Psalms in uh, 10 different segments of 15 Psalms apiece. Someone said, I'm impressed that you can read these chapters without breaking into Psalms. Well, that's true. When you read Psalms, you want to just break into song. That's not so much true necessarily of our passage today. We are not in the book of Psalms. We'll, we will get back to it before too long, but right now we are we are in we're in the uh, we're in the deep water now. We're in a heavy part of 2 Kings, 2 Kings 16, 17 and 18. I want you to watch for two things here. Number 1, the fall of Israel, that's going to happen in chapter 17. It's the end of uh, it's the end of the northern ten tribes. They're carried away into captivity, and they never, as a group, they never return. If you ever hear somebody talking about, quote, the ten lost tribes, that's what this is talking about. Well, we're going to see how they are taken away by the Assyrians. And then in chapter 18, only thing left now is Judah, the southern two tribes. The rise of a godly king, a very godly king, by the name of Hezekiah. So let's begin to read Second Kings sixteen. In the seventeenth year of Pekah, son of Remaliah, Ahaz, son of Jotham, became king of Judah. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God, like his ancestor David, but walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He even sacrificed his sons in the fire imitating the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. He sacrificed and burnt incense on the high places, on the hills, and under every green tree. Then Aram's king Reason and Israel's king Pekah, son Arumaliah, came to wage war against Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz, but were not able to conquer him. At that time, Aram's king Reason recovered Elath for Aram and expelled the Judahites from Elath. Then the Arameans came to Elath, and they are still there today. So Ahaz sent messengers to King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. March up and save me from the grasp of the king of Aram and of the king of Israel who are rising up against me. Ahaz also took the silver and gold found in the Lord's temple and in the treasuries of the king's palace and sent them to the king of Assyria as a bribe. So the king of Assyria listened to him and marched up to Damascus and captured it. He deported its people to Kir, but put reason to death. King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria. When he saw the altar that was in Damascus, King Ahaz sent a model of the altar and complete plans for its construction to the priest Uriah. Uriah built the altar according to all the instructions King Ahaz sent from Damascus. Therefore, by the time King Ahaz came back from Damascus, the priest Uriah had completed it. When the king came back from Damascus, he saw the altar, then he approached the altar and ascended it. He offered his burnt offering and his grain offering poured out his drink offering and splattered the blood of his fellowship offerings on the altar he took the bronze altar that was before the lord in front of the temple between his altar and the lord's temple and put it on the north side of his altar then king ahaz commanded the priest uriah offer on the great altar the morning burnt offering the evening grain offering and the king's burnt offering and his grain offering also offer of the burnt offering of all the people of the land their grain offering and their drink offering. Splatter on the altar all the blood of the burnt offering and all the blood of the sacrifice. The bronze altar will be for me to seek guidance. The priest Uriah did everything King Ahaz commanded. Then King Ahaz cut off the frames of the water carts and removed the bronze basin from each of them. He took the basin from the bronze oxen that were under it and put it on a stone pavement. To satisfy the king of Assyria, he removed from the Lord's temple the Sabbath canopy they had built in the palace and he closed the outer entrance for the king. The rest of the events of Ahaz's reign, along with his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. Ahaz rested with his ancestors and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, and his son, Hezekiah, became king in his place. 2 Kings Kings 17 In the twelfth year of Judah's king Ahaz, Hoshea son of Eli became king over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned nine years he did what was evil in the lord's sight but not like the kings of israel who preceded him king shalmaneser of assyria attacked him and hoshea became his vassal and paid him tribute but the king of assyria caught hoshea in a conspiracy he had sent envoys to So, king of egypt and had not paid tribute to the king of assyria as in previous years therefore the king of assyria arrested him and put him in prison the king of assyria invaded the whole land marched up to Samaria and besieged it for three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria. He deported the Israelites to Samaria and settled them in Hala along the Habor, Gozan's river, and in the cities of the Medes. This disaster happened because the people of Israel sinned against the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, because they worshiped other gods. They lived according to the customs of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites and according to what the kings of Israel did. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord, their God that were not right. They built high places in all their towns from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and ash poles on every high hill and under every green tree. They burned incense there on all the high places, just like the nations that the Lord had driven out. Before them had done, they did evil things, angering the Lord. They served idols, although the Lord had told them, you must not do this. Still, the Lord warned Israel and Judah through every prophet and every seer, saying, turn from your evil ways and keep my commands and statutes. According to the whole law, I commanded your ancestors and sent to you through my servants the prophets. But they would not listen. Instead, they became obstinate, like their ancestors who did not believe the Lord their God. They rejected his statutes and his covenant he made he had made with their ancestors and the warnings he had given them. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. Following the surrounding nations, the Lord had commanded them not to imitate. They abandoned all the commands of the Lord their God. They made cast images for themselves to calves and an asherah pole. They bowed and worshipped all the stars in the sky and served Baal, they sacrificed their sons and daughters in the fire and practiced divination and interpreted omens. They devoted themselves to do what was evil in the Lord's sight and angered him. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and he removed them from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah remained. Even Judah did not keep the commands of the Lord their God but lived according to the customs Israel had practiced. So the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel, punished him, and handed them over to plunderers until he had banished them from his presence. When the Lord tore Israel from the house of David, Israel made Jeroboam son of Nebat king. Then Jeroboam led Israel astray from following the Lord and caused them to commit grave sin. The Israelites persisted in all the sins that Jeroboam committed and did not turn away from them. Finally, the Lord removed Israel from his presence, just as he had declared through all his servants the prophets. So, israel has been exiled to assyria from their homeland to this very day then the king of assyria brought people from babylon kutha ava Hamath, and sephar sephar and settled them in place of the israelites in the cities of samaria the settlers took possession of samaria and lived in its cities when they first lived there they did not fear the lord so the lord set lions among them which killed some of them The settler said to the king of Assyria, the nations that you have deported and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the requirements of the God of the land. Therefore, he has sent lions among them that are killing them because the people don't know the requirements of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria issued a command, send back one of the priests you deported, have him go and live there so he can teach them the requirements of the God of the land. So one of the priests they had deported came and lived in Bethel and he began to teach them how they should fear the Lord. But, the people of each nation were still making their own gods in the cities where they lived and putting them in the shrines of the high places that the people of Samaria had made. The men of Babylon made Succoth Benoth. The men of Cuth made Nergal. The men of Hamoth made Ashima. The Avites made Niphaz and Tartak. And the Sepharvites burned their children in the fire to Adramelech and Anamilek, the gods of Sepharvaim. So they feared the Lord, but they also made from their ranks priests for the high places who were working for them at the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, but they also worshiped their own gods according to the practice of the nations from which they had been deported. They are still observing the former practices to this day. None of them fear the Lord or observe the statutes and ordinances, the laws and commandments that the Lord had commanded the descendants of Jacob, whom he had given the name of Israel. The Lord made a covenant with Jacob's descendants and commanded them, do not fear other gods. Do not bow and worship to them. Do not serve them. Do not sacrifice to them. Instead, fear the Lord, who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm. You are to bow down to him and you are to sacrifice to him. You are to be careful always to observe the statutes, the ordinances, the law, and the commandments he wrote for you. Do not fear other gods. Do not forget the covenant that I made with you. Do not fear other gods, but fear the Lord your God, and he will rescue you from all your enemies. However, these nations would not listen, but continued observing their former practices. They feared the Lord, but also served their idols still today. Their children and grandchildren continue doing as their ancestors did. He's talking here in this last part about the people from assyria you see here's israel and here's judah and here's assyria over here hundreds of miles away the king of assyria came with his army and deported the 10 tribes deported them sent them hundreds of miles away to live among the median people in, the, right in that river that was named there so the jews largely were taken but you can't leave the land vacant so he moved some of some people from his own kingdom assyrians we would say uh, the Gentiles coming into the region that had been occupied by the Northern Ten Tribes. And uh, what's going on there is that it says a couple times they feared the Lord, but they didn't stop worshiping. And then later it says they did not fear the Lord. You see, you can compromise for a while. You can, you can play around and have the Lord for a while and have the customs and ways of the world. But I tell you what, that's not going to work for too long. It didn't work for these people. In the end, they gave up. They they, they never were devoted to the God of the Bible because these were the Gentiles from the Assyrian kingdom. They just kept following the idolatrous ways they had been taught. So we'll pick up the rest of that story later on in the Old Testament. Now we go to 2 Kings 18 because who's left down there? Judah and Benjamin. Chapter 18. In the third year, of Israel's king, Oshia, son of Eli, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, became king of Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abid, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the high places, shattered the sacred pillars, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze stake that Moses made, for until then the Israelites were burning incense to it. It was called... Nehushtan. Hezekiah relied on the Lord God of Israel. Not one of the kings of Judah was like him, either before him or after him. He remained faithful to the Lord and did not turn from following him, but kept the commands the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him, and wherever he went, he prospered. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. He defeated the Philistines as far as Gaza and its borders, from watchtower to fortified city. In the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Israel's king Hoshea, son of Eli, Assyria's king, Shalmaneser, marched against Samaria and besieged it. The Assyrians captured it at the end of three years. In the sixth year of Hezekiah, which was the ninth year of Israel's king Hoshea, Samaria was captured. The king of Assyria deported the Israelites to Assyria and put them in Hala along the Habor, Gozan's river, and in the cities of the Medes, because they did not listen to the Lord their God but violated his covenant. All he had commanded, Moses, the servant of the Lord, they did not listen, and they did not obey. In the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah, Assyria's king, Sennacherib, attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. So King Hezekiah of Judah sent word to the king of Assyria at Lachish, I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. Whatever you demand from me, I will pay. The king of Assyria demanded eleven tons of silver and one ton of gold from King Hezekiah of judah so hezekiah gave him all the silver found in the lord's temple and in the treasuries of the king's palace at that time hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the lord's sanctuary and from the doorposts he had overlaid and gave it to the king of assyria then the king of assyria sent the field marshal the chief of staff and his royal spokesman along with the massive army from lachish to king hezekiah at jerusalem they advanced and came to jerusalem and they took their position by the aqueduct of the upper pool by the road to the launderer's field they called for the king, but Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the court historian, came after them. Then the royal spokesman said to them, Tell Hezekiah, this is what the great king, king of Assyria, says. What are you relying on? You think mere words are strategy and strength for war? Who are you now relying on so that you have rebelled against me? Now look, you are relying on Egypt. That splintered reed of a staff that will pierce the hand of anyone who grabs it and leans on it. This is what Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is to all who rely on him. Suppose you say to me, we rely on the Lord our God. Isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship at this altar in Jerusalem? So now, make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you 2,000 horses if you're able to supply riders for them. How then can you drive back a single officer among the least of my master's servants? How can you rely on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen now? Have I attacked this place to destroy it without the Lord's approval? The Lord said to me, Attack this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, Shebna, and Joah said to the royal spokesman, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, since we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew within earshot of the people on the wall. But the royal spokesman said to them, Has my master sent me to speak these words only to your master and to you? Hasn't he also sent me to the men who sit on the wall, destined with you to eat their own excrement? and drink their own urine the royal spokesman stood and called out loudly in hebrew hear the word of the great king the king of assyria this is what the king says don't let hezekiah deceive you he can't rescue you from my power don't let hezekiah persuade you to rely on the lord by saying certainly the lord will rescue us this city will not be handed over to the king of assyria don't listen to Hezekiah, for this is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and surrender to me, that each of you may eat from his own vine and his own fig tree, and each may drink water from his own sister, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey, so that you may live and not die. But don't listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you, saying, The Lord will rescue us. Has any of the gods of the nations ever rescued his land and from the power of the king of Assyria, where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Shepharbaim, Ena, and Ivah? Have they rescued Samaria from my power? Who among all the gods of the lands has rescued his land from my power? So will the Lord rescue Jerusalem from my power. But the people kept silent. They did not answer him at all. For the king's command was, don't answer him. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the court historian, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and reported to him the words of the royal spokesman. We stop here at a moment of enormous crisis. I mean, this isn't a fair fight. The armies, of Assyria against the forces of Judah, that's no match. There's no way. You might as well give up. Don't even have a fight. But the way this is is positioned by the spokesman for the king of Assyria, this isn't isn't just a battle between nations. This is a challenge to the God of Judah, to the God of Israel, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What will Hezekiah do? He was a good man. It, it, was said, it was said here, there were none like him before him and none like him after him. He led a great revival, but after the revival comes that enormous crisis. What will he do? It, it has been said, a crisis never made any man. It only reveals what he already is. We're going to discover something tomorrow about this man, Hezekiah. And it's going to be something good. There's going to be an enormous lesson for us. What would you do if you were the king, badly outnumbered, challenged like that? You never know till you get to a moment like that. But let us pray today that we will be faithful in all things, that we will be courageous in all things, that we will stand for the Lord in all things no matter what let's make that our watchword for today god make us faithful to serve you today and leave the details and the results in his hand i think if we do that it'll be a great day go out and have a great day folks come away we got a cliffhanger got to come back tomorrow see what's going to happen next see you then